Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast listeners out there, and welcome in to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast, where we're talking everything college hoops all the time, thanks to Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in, carving out a little time. You could have been anywhere else on the dial. But you chose to be here with us, Mike and Gus. You know what? We appreciate that. So thank you, listeners out there. We're so glad that you tuned in to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast. We are excited to bring you the mid-major flavor that you've been waiting for all week. Got Gus rolling solo with you here. Sorry, listeners. You got to put up with my voice two podcasts in a row. I apologize. But don't worry. Mike and I will be back in business next week on Monday when you when we hit you up with our combined podcast, and we'll, we'll give you all a rundown of all the weekend uh, activity that took place over the landscape. We'll talk about, we'll dive into the, uh, obviously, uh, top 16 release show, of course, and uh, we'll give you a rundown of all the games. So that we'll, don't worry, we'll have our, our, our usual banter back and forth. It's okay, but I know, I know for a fact that some people are really looking forward to the mid-major podcast, so uh, why don't you... Let's dive in. You guys ready to go on a little mid-major adventure here? I got a lot of things to cover. I'm going to try to cover everything, talk about all the big games. I'm going to try to cover as many conferences as we can, and then uh, give you guys a, 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 of course, Dr. Tony trivia question. Of course, Gus got next. I got a little something to say on dunks later on. I got some uh, screen-to-screener print news for you guys as well. And, uh, of course, we'll give you a little game preview of the weekend. Um, I'll try to give you some, uh, I, I don't know, some ideas on, on what might be happening this weekend and maybe even talk about some of the lines because not all the lines are out yet uh, when we're recording the podcast. But we'll, we'll do what we can for that. <sighs> Man, if we're going mid-major podcast, we have to start in the American East. Vermont goes on the road and plays a very live, unbelievably talented Albany team and gets the win on the road 72-67. Vermont now sits at 20-5, and 10-0 in conference. I'm just going to repeat that one more time. 10-0 in conference. Let that sink in. Albany falls to 18-8, 6-5 in conference. Our man, the point guard, Trey Bell Haynes, goes for 20 points, 37 minutes. Drew Urquhart does his thing and goes for 19. Eight boards, five assists, two blocks, does everything you could ask. And then Albany is up 35-26 at home at the half and cannot close the deal. Now look. Albany's backcourt is unbelievably talented. You got Cremo and Nichols. Cremo went for 16, 9, and 5. Nichols went for 17, 6, and 5. Both played really well. They played well enough to win. They are under an underrated backcourt in the country. I'm going to say, how about a top 15 backcourt in the country overall? I don't think that's crazy. I don't think that's outlandish. I don't think that's abs- I don't think that's farcical. I think Albany's backcourt is that good. But guess what? Vermont's that good. Cremo had a solid look to tie the game with about 
I don't know, 16, 17 seconds to play. Uh, he had a three in the air to tie it up. Didn't make it. And then Ernie Duncan hits two free throws. He also grabs two defensive boards in the final 15 seconds. And then Vermont Catamounts lock up the win, 72-67. Cremo also missed a bunny with about a minute to go. So Cremo had some shots here at home to pull out this win and put Albany kind of back in the mix or at at least make Vermont sweat it a little bit. And they couldn't do it, and Vermont carries on. I got an issue. I got a problem. I got a beef. Ready, everybody? I think everybody's going to be on board with me with this one. I don't know who we tell about this. I don't know who we alert. I don't know who we, you know, have to notify about this unbelievable oversight. Bob Cousy Award finalists were, were released. You know, top 20 point cards in the nation. You know, it's not it's not a player of the year type situation or a wooden finalist uh, award uh, list where you got your top 25 players in the nation. How in the world do you have a Bob Cousy best point guard in the nation list finalist without Trey Bell Haynes? This is criminal. A list is not a list without Trey Bell Haynes. This is insane in my eyes. I do not know who you take off that list, but you had better patch on number 21 on that list and make 21 Trey Bell Haynes from Vermont. Because if you don't, then that is a shortcoming of this list, and this list is illegitimate. That's what I'm saying. So I do not want to have, I have no further input on the Bob Cousy award list for the rest of the season, unless they include Trey Bell Haynes on that list. He has absolutely carried this team all season without their best player, Lamb, who's been hurt, and possible player of the year. Trey Bell Haynes is defending player of the year in the America East, and he has absolutely dragged this team to a 10-0 undefeated record in the conference and a 20-5 and record overall and played Kentucky to the, be- to, to the nails at Kentucky. Again, the Bob Cousy list does not exist in my eyes until they add Trey Bell Haynes on that list. It's criminal. Moving on. Let's head down to the CAA. We had a game on the line for first place. We had William & Mary heading to the College of Charleston. And Carl to Charleston wins a tight game, 82-77. William & Mary played live like they always do. Uh, College of Charleston now sits at 19-6, 10-3 overall in first place by themselves in the CAA, while William & Mary falls to 15-9 and 8-5 and and in the conference. Overall, shout-out to Dr. Kate, a uh, friend of the podcast, William & Mary graduate. But guess what? William & Mary had trouble. You know who they had trouble with? They had trouble with Grant Riller. Grant really went off. He went bananas and went for 37 points. He went absolutely bonkers. Riller is part of, uh, you know, the College of Charleston's great backcourt with uh, Chile, who we talked about last mid-major podcast. You know, Riller's averaging uh, 16.7 points per game, over two assists, over two boards. And he just had, like, you know, a career game here. He had the game of the season for him. And they totally needed that. 
with a very, very tough live William & Mary team. This trio of Jarrell Brantley, you know, Chin Lee, who's averaging 18.5 and five assists a game, is dangerous. I mean, I know the CAA doesn't get a lot of love as far as the bracket goes in March, and they're probably going to be like a 14, 15, 16 seed. But if you see College of Charleston as that seed, they have they have three legit players that are going to scare any high major team with Brantley, Chile, and Riller. Those guys can fill it up. They're talented. They're not like your you know your typical like mid major lineup. So careful with the College of Charleston. If you see that team and they win the conference and get that automatic bid from the CAA. And you know what? We just want to give a little love to William & Mary. Oh boy. 6'10"? Nathan Knight is legit, people. He's just going to be first team all CAA. Dude went for 29, 7 boards, 4 assists, and 4 blocks in possibly William & Mary's biggest game of the season in conference. He's averaging 18-plus points per game on the season, seven and a half boards on the season. Lock him up for first-team All-CAA. Guy's a beast. He's also got some heft. He weighs about 240. He is not going anywhere down in that post. I kind of like Knight as a player moving forward. I want to see if his game expands his junior year. College of Charleston taking command of the CAA. Hey, this is one of our darlings from, you know, preseason. You know, we talked to Dana Caldwell uh, down in Florida, about Florida Gulf Coast. And he gave us the rundown of why this team was going to do some damage in conference. You know what? He wasn't lying. Florida Gulf Coast gets a 75-70 win over NJIT. And Florida Gulf Coast now sits at 19-8 and and 20-0. and I'm sorry, 10-0 and in conference. Got a little carried away there. Sorry. NJIT uh, now sits at 12-13, and 5-5 five and five in conference. Brandon Goodwin. 14, nine boards, four assists. Terrell off the bench with 17 points. You got Zach Johnson, 15 points. He is very Terrell-like from URI. That's who I equate him to. This is the most dangerous 16 seed going. And if you see this team and you are a one seed and Florida Gulf Coast is the 16 seed, holy smokes, are you going to be freaked out of your mind because of the talent on this team? Now, the only question with Florida Gulf Coast moving forward, you know, they have that first place locked up right now, the 10-0 undefeated in conference. Will they be able to navigate through the uh, A-Sun tournament? That's what you hope. You want, like when you have a team like Florida Gulf Coast or a team like College of Charleston or a team like Vermont where they've just been so dominant in their conference all year and they've really shown that they can scare some of these big teams, you want that team to get through. And some of the other mid-majors, you know, maybe you want a little madness. Maybe you want a little craziness. Maybe you want, like, the upset. But I think with those three teams, you're hoping that those three teams get through so they can actually give a legit scare to a high-major team. And, guys, we've been talking on the podcast all week about how tough it is on the road. And you know who found that out? The Sun Belt leader who came into this game undefeated, Louisiana, came in undefeated in conference, and then they dropped a road game to Georgia State. Louisiana now sits at 20-4, and 10-1 in conference, while Georgia State gets a huge road win, 106-92 over Louisiana, and Georgia State now sits at 19-6 and 10-2 and and in conference. Simple half game behind. Got DeMarcus Simons, 22-8. Dude is doing 
everything for this team. He's averaging 21 points a game, almost six boards a game, almost five assists a game, almost two steals a game. The guy does everything. Simmons is a stud. You got Jordan Session. Had went for 22 and six. Now, sometimes when you have this game where you need you need something special to happen. You know, it's a big matchup in conference. You need something unique to occur. You know what occurred that was really unique? Jordan Session went for 22 and 6. Guys averaging 7.6 points per game. It's his career high. Sessions was the difference in this game. He was not high on the scouting report for Louisiana, and he just went off and had a day. So kudos to Session. Way to go get your moment and get your big win at home over the league-leading undefeated Louisiana team. Nice job, Sessions. Then you had Devin Mitchell. He had 20. He was coming off a 38-point game against Little Rock. So you feel like Mitchell is getting his game rolling. I'll tell you what, this race in the, in the Sun Belt is going to be live going down the stretch. You got both of those teams a half game removed from each other. And then uh, you have Georgia State guys, like we just mentioned, playing kind of out of their minds. You had, uh, and you know, we don't want to sleep on Louisiana. They did go undefeated. So you had uh, Stroman had 15 dimes, the South Carolina transfer, and Frank Bartley, the fourth. You know, he had 20-plus BYU transfer. So Louisiana's got some players. So you want to see what happens in the conference tournament here as far as Georgia State, Louisiana is concerned. But Sunbelt, unbelievably live after Louisiana came in undefeated. They take their first loss, and Georgia State is back in the picture now. Got to head down to the Ohio Valley, and this game falls under the same category that we just mentioned. It is tough to win on the road in conference. It is a grind. Belmont drops a game on the road to Tennessee State. Belmont now sits at 19-7, 11-2 overall, while Tennessee State moves to 13-11, 8-5, and that's five rows and a win for Tennessee State. So they're one of those teams that maybe is finding itself you know, mid-season in conference play and might be really dangerous come tournament time. Uh, Belmont is now tied with Murray State atop the Ohio uh, Valley Conference uh, play. So you knew that game was going to come, that er game that we mentioned earlier on the mid-major podcast was going to come back to uh, be a major factor. Belmont got behind in the first half. They closed to near even with about two minutes to play on the road. Delano Spencer scores with two minutes to play, puts Tennessee State up two. And then Tennessee State wins the free throw game late and makes eight free throws in the final two minutes to hold off a surging Belmont. So Belmont taking a second loss and is now tied up with Murray State in the Ohio Valley. And again, it's always tough to win these road games. Do not take any one of these road games for granted. Let's head down to out west, and we'll hit up Portland State and Montana. Montana continues to roll, and the Grizz stays undefeated. 12-0, 19-5 overall. They defeat Portland State 80-60. Portland State is now 14-10 and 4-7 overall. little disappointing maybe for Portland State. I think they projected out as being like maybe a that, that conference record flipped around and being a factor. 
But I'll tell you what, Montana has players, and we talked about them previously on the mid-major podcast here at the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast, and they just continue to roll. Jameer Akoy, you know, just 21-10, and 10, just a, another double-double. And Michael Aguin, he had 14-10, and 10, so you got a double-double-double from two of their major players, and Montana continues to stay atop the standings at 12-0. and 0. Quick mention for the WCC West Coast Conference. I got my eyes on this uh, both games this week. Staying up late, doing a little basketball narcolepsy. Uh, Gonzaga takes down Pacific, and St. Mary's holds serve against Louis uh, against uh, Loyola Marymount. Jacques Landell had 20 more, 21 points in, that, in his win for St. Mary's, and Killian Tilly had 21 points in his win for Gonzaga. Now you got the big showdown coming this weekend. We'll get to that a little bit later. But it's nice to see that both of those teams held serve to give that game the juice it deserves this weekend. Last game in the rundown, we'll give a, give a little uh, you know a little shout out to is the Big West. When you see Santa Barbara taking on UC Davis, you know definite rivalry showdown here, and UC Santa Barbara wins on the road, ninety to eighty one. They are now 19 and 5 and 8 and 2 in conference, and UC Davis falls to 16 and 8 and 7 and 3 in conference. So this game was for first place. This is no joke here. You know what I'm saying? Like this is this is this is legit big time basketball, huge game for first place, everything on the line. We had TJ Shorts doing his thing for UC Davis. He went off for 28 points. Coming off a 31-point game, so TJ Shorts is actually on a roll here for UC Davis. Absolutely crazy. Uh, and Leland King went for, you know, uh, 19 and 15. It's his 12th double-double of the season for UC Santa Barbara and the Gauchos. My man, Max Haydinger, you know, hits up for 18 points. You got Gabe Vincent hitting up for 18 points as well. And I just want to give a little shout to Gabe Vincent. He is one of those seniors that's doing an unbelievably selfish job. He averaged more points last season. He averaged more minutes last season. He's averaging slightly less points, you know, about three less points and about four less minutes per game. And Vincent is having a superior season percentage-wise. He is averaging a career best in field goal percentage. He's averaging a career best in three-point percentage. He's averaging a career best in free throw percentage. And he is right at his career best in turnover percentage. So Gabe Vincent, one of those seniors that you need that is going to be selfless and put his personal stats aside for the greater good of the team. And that is one of the reasons why UC Santa Barbara and the Gauchos are sitting atop the Big West standings at 8-2. and two. Hey, another quick thing to keep an eye on for the Gauchos here. I kind of like the sophomore Blackman. 6'7 sophomore has played well the last couple of games. Uh, he's been an impactful guy. He's made a couple shots, been a little disruptor on the defensive end. I think he's a guy to pay attention to if you're, you know, you're a big West fan out there and you're going to look for like who's going to be one of those guys that makes an impact uh, down the stretch and maybe in the conference tournament. Yeah, maybe it's Blackman and, and the sophomore kind of finding his game and really developing and growing up in practice and paying attention to the coaching staff. So I think that's a couple things to pay attention to there. Um, so that's your rundown for your games for your mid-major. I hope that's okay with everybody. Time to hit up a little Dr. Tony trivia. We got a little Dr. Tony trivia coming at you. Last week, we asked you a very New York City-centric question. We asked you to name the seven 
Division I programs who play in the boundaries of New York City, all five boroughs represented, of course, and to name their respective conferences. And you know what? We got a correct answer. Sunil from Connecticut gave us a correct answer via email. If you really like uh, the Dr. Tony trivia segment, which it seems like a bunch of you guys do because you're emailing in your answers and, and, you know, taking a stab at things. So thank you guys out there. Uh, you know, keep doing so. Uh, you can hit us up at sdspodcast at gmail.com. So, you know, you, you like another trivia question, which I think you'll like uh, the one we have going this uh, this week as well. Um, please hit us up at uh, the email address, sdspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Sunil correctly answered St. John's, of course, Fordham University, Manhattan College, Columbia, shout out to Dr. Tony, LIU Brooklyn, St. Francis Brooklyn, not the Red Flash, and Wagner. Uh, so we were NEC heavy with uh, LIU Brooklyn, uh, St. Francis, and Wagner all rese- uh, representing uh, the NEC. Uh so thanks, uh, and ahoy out there, Sunil from Connecticut. Thanks for chiming in with your uh, two cents on which seven schools are Division I college basketball programs inside the boundaries of New York City. Okay, let's get to this week's question. Here's a little hint on this week's question. The toughest one on this list is one that we've mentioned very early on our podcasts. It's one of our first guests that we've had on the podcast to speak about this particular team. Okay. So you might want to like, you know, hit the rewind button and go see who we talked to like all the way last year, early in the season. Here's the question. Name the four coaches since 1980 who have coached their teams to three consecutive final fours. So we're looking for four names. We're looking for four names of four coaches since 1980, so don't go all the way back. You know, you're not you're not you're not going uh, wooden here, okay? Uh, that have coached their teams to three consecutive Final Fours. You guys, think you can handle that? Okay, let us know. SDSpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, also, if you like what you're listening to, don't be afraid to give us a follow on Twitter at SDSpodcast. Efficiency of keystrokes, of course. And I think now is the time to tell you that with the uh, bracket release show coming this weekend uh, and the top 16 seeds being released, Mike Randall is giving you his two cents this weekend on the short corner. Short corner can be found on Mike's website, randallrant.com. You go to randallrant.com. You can you know consume all the podcasts that we put out for you guys. And you can also take in Mike's short corner. And his project this week was, his homework assignment was, name the top 16 seeds that will be released in the bracket release show uh, this weekend on CBS. So if you want to see what Mike thinks and you want to see how close he gets, you know, hit that up. See what you think and, and, you know, let us know via Twitter. uh, Is Mike correct? Is he uh, an idiot? Or did he totally nail it and you just give him kudos and a cheers and a salancha and a gratulatia? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, so, yo. Yo, I got next. Yo, game point. I'm rolling. I got my squad. Okay, we're waiting. We're bouncing some balls on the side. Double knot in our shoes. Stretching out a little bit. At least I am. So I'm a little bit older than the rest of these guys. But yo, we got next. Here's my squad. 
And again, on Gus Scott next, I'm just going to shout out a couple of unbelievable performance on the mid-major landscape that happened this week. If we don't catch them on the rundown, we just want to you know highlight these guys and say like, hey, you're balling out. I want you on my team. So Gus got next. You know who I got next with? I got next with the most predictable Gus got next participant of all time, Jalen Adams from St. Bonnie's. Yeah, he went for 44. He went for 40 plus twice this past week. He hit 10 threes. Yo, we got a late game situation. We got a late clock situation. You know, we're jammed up on the offensive end. You know, we 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 need a bucket. Guess who? You know, guess who we're giving the ball to? Yeah, you know, we're throwing. We're tossing out to Jalen. Jalen's gonna get us, hit us a three. Maybe do a crossover, get some penetration. So I got Jalen out of St. Bonnie's. Yo, you know who else we're running with? We're running with Wyatt Lowhouse from UNI. Northern Iowa gets a nice 74-65 win over Bradley. And Lowhouse goes for a career-high 25 points in 25 minutes off the bench, and he made six threes. Yo, if I'm having a little trouble in the post, I'm going to kick it out to Lowhouse. Lowhouse is going to knock that thing down. You better not double off him. Yo, you know who else we running with? You always need a glue guy, right? Yeah, we got our glue guy. We got Josh Cunningham from Dayton. That's right. Vet from Dayton. Went for 21-11 and 11 in a nice 88-73 win over Duquesne. Check this out. Dayton shot over 80% from the field in the second half. That's insane. Josh Cunningham just might actually sneak on that, like, Atlantic 10 first team. Um, you, know, you, you know, of course, Adams is going to be there. You figure Terrell from URI is going to be there. You figure uh, Peyton Aldridge is going to be there from Davidson. Maybe Pipkins from uh, UMass. But, you know, who's at five spot? And you can argue, I guess you can argue Pipkins, but maybe Cunningham sneaks on. I don't know. Maybe. So the six seven junior, you know, just might just find his way on, on you know, first team all A-10. But you know what? He's running with us first. You know, he's, he's running with my squad. I got Cunningham. We're going to let him do some dirty work down low, set some picks, start some uh, fast breaks with some defensive rebounds. We out. And my final player. Yeah. Jalen Adams, guess what? You don't have an open three? You know who we're going to kick it to? We're going to kick it to Jordan Dardis from Iowa University. Dude went for 38 points and a 99-75 win over Akron. And guess what? He hit 10 threes too. That's right. It's a career high for the 6'3 junior. Dardis just went bananas in this game. So I got two, not one, but two dudes they're going to bang it from three. I got Cunningham that's going to do some dirty work down low. And if you double on anybody, guess what? Lowhouse is going to knock down a three on the wing. So I got Jalen Adams from St. Bonnie's going for 40-plus, hitting 10 threes. Absolutely insane. Thank goodness he is healthy again. It seems like he's finding his way. I got, I'm running with Wyatt Lowhouse from University of Northern Iowa. Dude's going to hit some threes off the bench, and be a little sneaky athletic on us. I like it. Got Josh Cunningham from Dayton going for 21 and 11. Dude's going to be efficient from the field. Look out. He might sneak on that first team all a 10. And I got Jordan Darts from Ohio University going for 38 career high. And guess what? He hit 10 threes too. Nice company with Jalen Adams. All right, guys. One talking item and then we'll go ahead and get to the game previews. You know, I got a problem. 
I know I had a problem earlier with the, the, the Bob Cousy Award list and, and not including Trey Bell Haynes. I got another problem. I got a bone. I got an issue. Why are these refs calling technicals on these dunks? Got Jacoby Boykins, Louisiana Tech. Getting called for a technical after looking at a guy, not even saying anything. Dunking, coming down, looking at the guy, turning around and getting back on D. And you get a tech for that? What is this? The NFL? Like old school where you don't get to celebrate anything and you should just turn around and be a robot and go back down the floor on defense? Give me a break. And then you had Cyril Langevin, URI, goes down, dunks, and gets a tech. What? Are you kidding me? Get out of town. Who in the world said this was a good idea to start calling techs on student-athletes for celebrating modestly after they get a throwdown. Are you joking me? Listen, do you want to kill the game that pays you your bills? Do you want to take away from the excitement that you're helping to create in that arena? Get out of town. If this does not get adjusted for the conference played uh, for the conference uh, a tournament and for March Madness, I'm going to be unbelievably disappointed and people across the country are going to be too. This is crazy. Give me a break. This is ridiculous. I have no patience for this whatsoever. Put your whistle in your pocket. Enjoy the unbelievable athletic uh, achievement that you just witnessed firsthand in person on the floor, turn around and get ready to call the game right on the other end. Give me a break. Man, enough with these texts, on these nice dunks for the student athletes. God forbid somebody get a little giddy and get happy about their accomplishment. Sorry, maybe we should just turn around, go straight face, back down on defense and play a two, three. Get to my spot and play in my circle. Come on, people. Crazy. Ugh. Oh, so, uh, yo, the Olympics are on, right? Hope you guys enjoy the opening ceremonies. Uh, hope you watch it with some of your families. It's a nice, like, uh, cool thing that you can do with your families. Um, and, you know, you, you can watch the proceedings and check out the cool costumes and uh, the cool music musical accompaniment. Uh, yeah, I'm rooting for Sean White to go off. I want him to go nuts on that half pipe. I want him to go crazy and do something that he's never done and get another gold medal for the United States. I'm totally looking forward to that. Totally looking forward to watching some figure skating with my daughters. My daughters are way in on the figure skating. Uh, my both daughters really like the, the, the athleticism and the gracefulness uh, that can happen um, on the ice. So I'm looking forward to watching them with that. And then I'm just looking forward to the biathlon. Are you kidding me? got cross-country skiing and shooting at targets what else do you want you got like the endurance athlete combined with like you know the the quick twitch athlete and you got to calm down that endurance body to make that quick twitch muscle group work correctly to hit that target that is one of the most underrated sports going i love them they are athletic studs i'm gonna watch both the the men's and the women's in all lengths can't wait to watch that 
All right, dudes. Now that we got your little, uh, you know, if you if you got a favorite Olympic sport, let us know uh, on Twitter at uh, SES Podcast. Love to hear what you're looking forward to in the Winter Olympics, or if you're just going to ignore it and just keep watching college basketball like Mike and I. You know, we good with that? Okay, we good. All right, so let's go a little game rundown. We'll get you guys out of here. Sound good, guys? All right, cool. All right, so I got uh, a list of games. I'll try to go through the best I can. I got some lines. I don't have a ton. Uh, you know, we'll just start at the top and roll it down. You got Butler going to Villanova. Does Villanova continue on the schneid after dropping a game to, to St. John's? It was an unbelievable upset. Congratulations to the Johnnies and Shamori Ponds and Coach Mullen. Love their valid again. Love that they're going to go into the Big East tournament, a very dangerous team. Does Butler double up on Villanova this year? And does Villanova's lack of uh, depth really come back to haunt them here? Not really sure. But I think Villanova's got some questions to answer. Uh, something tells me they're going to answer the questions here at home. So give me Villanova. Uh, how about another Saint? Uh, how about another Big East game where you got Marquette at St. John's? Careful, Marquette. And I think you have the two most exciting players in the Big East, and not the two best, the two most exciting. Then you got Howard and Ponds going head to head here. Kind of like that matchup. I hope that I hope this game goes over. It's in Caraseca Arena, so it's in that like you know unique, intimate environment in New York City and Queens. Totally looking forward to that. Um, I hope both those guys go off and do their thing, right? Totally nice. Uh, how about Oklahoma going to Iowa State? You think Oklahoma's in a little trouble here? You think they continue uh, to find some issues and, and Trey Young continues to be inefficient? Or do they get things right on the road at Iowa State? Or is this the game that Iowa State pulls their Hilton Magic Act? I don't know. We'll, you know, we'll find out. That's totally worth watching at 2 o'clock. Uh, you got UNC going to NC State. Oh, boy. This one has some juice on it now after that UNC-Duke game the other night. And, and, and Joel Berry's comment of like, quote, unquote, NC State isn't really a rivalry. You think NC State has it up on the bulletin board? You think Coach Keats has that in his players' ears? Do you think NC State wants one more signature big win to firm up their March Madness invite? Yeah, I think they do. I take NC State in the points here. I'm not sure what the line is on this particular one. Careful, North Carolina. Maybe North Carolina suffers a big game hangover. Got to number 25, Miami going to Boston College. I'm just going to say, careful, Miami. Careful. This has upset in Boston College and Kai Bowman all over it. That's what I'm going to tell you there. So I'm going to say, careful, Miami. How about Texas at TCU? Seems like both of these teams could use a win here. I think Texas is heading in the right direction and trending the right way. So give me Texas on the road there. How about number five, Xavier at Creighton? This is possibly one of the best athletic matchups that you could ever hope for with uh, uh, Foster and Blewett. You hope that both of those guys guard each other. I mean, they're two of the top four scorers in the Big East. And personally, I think both of those guys could find their way on a bit uh, on an All-American team. Blewett on the first team, maybe Foster on the second or third team. Foster's having an unbelievably efficient year for Creighton. I think this is where the Crample injury comes back to hurt Creighton. And they don't have enough interior uh, bodies to take care of what Xavier can offer at, with bigs as far as Cantor and O'Meara and, and Brown. So I, I, I think, give me Xavier on the road, even though Creighton is favored. I'd take Xavier in the points in a second here. But I'm looking forward to that Foster Blewett matchup. Got Auburn going to Georgia. I think Auburn comes back, realizes that that game against Texas A&M just missed. I can see Auburn winning this game by double digits man how about number three purdue at number four michigan state huh michigan state 
Favored by three. Sounds about right. Even teams, home court worth about three. Michigan State actually matches up with Purdue. Unfortunately, guys, I think the I think the refs are going to have something to say here. How close are they going to call this game defensively? If Purdue can do their thing defensively and they're not going to get in foul trouble, I say give me Purdue. If it's a tight game and Purdue gets in a little foul trouble at Michigan State, I can see Michigan State pulling the upset. So I'm going to say pay attention to the refs here more than anything. How about a little Ivy flavor? How about Pennsylvania going to Harvard? Penn uh, is where they're going to host the Ivy tournament down in the Palestra. Um, and Harvard just took their first uh, Ivy loss, so you want to pay attention to this game. You want, also want to pay attention to what happens on a Friday night in the Ivy uh, to make sure that uh, you can keep track of the standings. But, you know, with no Aiken for Harvard, they're really going to be reliant on Towns. So give me the best player on the floor at home. Give me Towns and Harvard in this one. But uh, I'm going to say typical close Ivy game. How about a huge game, big rivalry here, uh, Texas State at UT Arlington. UT Arlington has been struggling in conference. They got, they got hot out early. So does UT Arlington kind of get the ship righted here at home against Texas State? You want to figure that out. How about number 15, Tennessee at Auburn? Man, this game is kind of live. I like this game. This is spicy. Does Tennessee get a win here and then find themselves with an intriguing number next to their name in the released uh, bracket uh, show on Sunday? I think that's what we need to pay attention to here. But what, is ten- what does Tennessee do with Sexton? I don't know if Tennessee has a player that's ath- athletically gifted as Sexton. And does Sexton uh, kind of go bananas and do his thing while his uh, complimentary cast kind of fills in the other parts and Alabama gets a win here? So I kind of like Alabama on the road here, to be honest. Uh, how about Virginia Tech at number two, Virginia? I'm going to tell you what. Love Buzz Williams as a coach. Love what he's doing with his his uh, his roster. Love what he's doing with his team. They do have some uh, some veterans that have been through the ACC wars, but you know what? They've never seen like anything like Virginia's defense. I think Virginia Tech's going to be really limited here. I think Virginia really clamps down, and uh, I can see this game being like a 65-52 game. Right? Can't you guys? So give me Virginia at home there. How about Texas Tech going to Kansas State? Kansas State is one of those teams that's hanging around the bubble. It's probably going to get an invite if they get a couple more of these wins. Is this the other win that's going to, they're going to grab that's going to put them in the tournament over Texas Tech? I don't think so. I think Texas Tech wins a tight game here. Also take the uh, under here. How about San Diego State at number 23, Nevada? Nevada reeling a little bit after that road loss, uh, after that home loss to UNLV. Uh, they lose their leading scorer in Caleb Martin. Uh, what are they going to do to put that together and uh, make sure that their roster is complete and they have uh, the necessary parts to continue to be a high-level team? Yeah, you're going to find out right away against San Diego State. San Diego State's really talented. they got two good freshmen, um, and they have uh, uh, Kel and Pope that are you know veterans that have been around and battled in the wars. So I don't know what the line is on this particular game, but maybe take San Diego State in the points and maybe Nevada squeaks out a home win with a decimated – uh, and lesser roster. And, uh, and how about number 24, Kentucky, going to Texas A&M? Important game for both teams. Important game for Kentucky so they don't totally fall off of the, uh, I don't know, single-digit seed line uh, in March Madness. And important game for Texas A&M so they can actually get into March. Texas A&M gets another win here after the uh, win that they garnered earlier this week 
uh, over Auburn. Then Texas A&M kind of has things running in the right direction again. Kentucky seems to be like it's hard. They're hard to figure out, right? Are their freshmen going to play well? Is Diallo going to get his act together? Do they play Quade Green and Shai Gildersh Alexander together and play the dual point guard thing? I don't know. It's worth watching to find out, though, right? Okay. And how about uh, USC at Arizona? Arizona drops a game to uh, Washington and then drops another game to UCLA. Are we seeing a four-game losing streak coming for Arizona here? And USC is going to come in and beat them? I can't possibly see Arizona losing back-to-back games at McHale. So give me Arizona in a tight one. But I think this game is worth paying attention to. And if Arizona goes on this four-game losing streak, uh, you know, with another loss following this one, then, oh, boy, you know, we're right back where we started at the season with them being the number one ranked team and then going on a huge slide. All right, I got three games to finish up for you guys. How about Army-Navy? How about Army-Navy? You know what? I'd love to see that Army-Navy game in person sometime. Uh, we'll have our, our, our buddy of the podcast, Rich DeMarco, on the call of that game. And uh, I'm going to say give me Army at home. I think, uh, you know, Golden Knights, uh, I, I, I think home court's going to play big here. So give me Army at home, even though Navy is one of those threats in the Patriot. You got Grand Canyon going into New Mexico State. You know, early on this season, we thought that those were going to be the two top teams in conference. Hasn't really played out that way. And New Mexico State has definitely separated themselves. Does Grand Canyon try to put a stamp on the conference and say, like, hey, we're still hanging around? Or does New Mexico State and Jamario Jones often keep doing their thing? Give me New Mexico State at home here. I'm going to take whatever the spread is, and I'm going to run with it. Last one. How about number 12, Gonzaga, at number 11, St. Mary's? Here's my two cents on this game, right? This is a game that Mike and I have always looked forward to every season that we've done the podcast. Each time that these teams have matched up, it's been a major event. This is no different. Two top 15 teams facing off conference uh, conference championship regular season on the line. St. Mary's wins this one. It's pretty much locked up. Gonzaga wins here. Then they're going to have to battle it out the last couple of games of the season with each one loss in conference, right? So nothing different here. There's high stakes in this game, just like there is every single year. I got one defining factor for you in this game. It's Josh Perkins. If Josh Perkins can recapture the play that he had last year and earlier this season and get out of the slump that he's been in the last six games, Gonzaga wins. If Josh Perkins shoots two for 11 again, Three for nine, four turnovers, plays really pedestrian, plays really ordinary, doesn't play like the senior all-conference guard that people predicted he was going to be preseason. St. Mary's wins. I think Tilly and Landell are going to play to a kind of a, a standstill. Uh, I bet they switch up their defensive assignments. Uh, they're not going to leave uh, Jonathan Williams alone on Jack Land- uh, Jacques Landell. Uh, like they did in the first game at home. Uh, I think they'll be Rui Hachimura will play a little bit of a bigger role here. Uh, I don't know if St. Mary's is going to know what to do with Rui. I don't know if they have a matchup for him. I don't think Hermanson is a good matchup for him athletically or size-wise or, size-wise or length-wise. I also think that Melson is playing a little bit out of his head. So I think if Melson can kind of counteract Perkinson's 
Perkins like poor performance, then Gonzaga might have a shot. But this game is totally Perkins dependent. Perkins plays well. He plays like he did in the first half in the championship game last year against UNC. Guess what? Gonzaga wins. He plays like he's played the last six games. Forget about it. St. Mary's wins. So there's your breakdown of that game. I'm totally looking forward to watching that. Mike and I are both going to have our eyes on that. Uh, absolutely fired up to watch that, watch that game. So listeners out there, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Can't say thank you enough. If we could say thank you for like 20 more times, we would, but that would be really boring and you'd change the channel. So thank you for tuning in. We're honored that you give us part of your weekend, part of your week, and uh, we can keep you company along the way on whatever errand or whatever task you're trying to accomplish. It's washing dishes, doing laundry, running errands, uh, driving your kids to their sport on the weekend, or maybe just trying to catch up and 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 have like, uh, okay, I'm ready for the weekend now that I listen to Screen of Screener. I, I know what's going on. I know what's going to go down. I, I know what to keep my eyes on. So so thank you guys. Um, again, you like what you're listening to? Please hit, it up, hit us up on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, and give us a nice review. Uh, Mike and I'll give you an ahoy or a shout out on the podcast if you do, and you leave a comment. So thank you for that in advance. We're, we're, you know, love interacting with you guys on Twitter. Hit us up at, at, at SES Podcast. Uh, efficiency of keystrokes, of course. And uh, if, you know, you want to answer the trivia question, email it in. SESpodcast at gmail.com. Love to hear from you guys. Again, shout out to Sunil for nailing the uh, trivia question this week. And the trivia question to follow this week is, name the four coaches since 1980 that have dragged their teams to three consecutive Final Fours. There you go. So, listeners out there, please enjoy the games. Please enjoy the uh, Winter Olympics. And uh, we'll catch up with you uh, next week. Looking forward to it, guys. Salancha, gratulatia. Cheers. i